You are listening to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast, Episode 93, 10 Things to Include in a Divorce Decree. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sanchez. I have five kids and I love sports and the piano, and I'm also a certified life coach and divorce coach. Here I talk about living your best life, whether you're divorced, married, or single, it doesn't matter. Achievement is nothing without fulfillment. So let's go. Hey, everybody. Emily Sanchez, divorce coach here. I decided to make a video for y'all because I've seen a lot more subscribers. And I was thinking, what could I share that could be really beneficial? And with my work with people going through a divorce and then after a divorce, I see a lot of things that people wished they would have put in their divorce decree. What I wish I would have put in my divorce decree or in my parenting plan. And I've come up with my own top 10 things of what my typical client wishes they'd put in. And let's be honest, what I wish I would have put in. Luckily, my ex and I have great communication and we're both pretty laid back, so it hasn't been a huge problem. But it would be a lot better if we would have put this in. So let's just go through 10 things. Number one, life insurance. you got to change the beneficiary, right? Unless you don't want to, unless there's some, some thing in return for having this life insurance on him. Maybe he would pay it or vice versa. But you can't just switch the beneficiary to say, okay, I want it to go to my children. Not if they're minors. They have to be 18. So you could put it in your mother's name and write down, meet with your insurance agent. They should know these type of things, that the intent is to go divided equally with your minor children and that your mother will distribute those funds that way or however you want to word it. And while you're doing that, you might need to look into your will. If you have a will and trust, you're going to have to change things around with that. So just make sure it's very, very clear in your divorce decree. So that's number one. Number two, health insurance. Okay, and these are the normal, typical things that any right minded divorce attorney should know, but there's other things that have come up. I have seen with health insurance, usually the main breadwinner at the time of the divorce picks up the health insurance, especially if the work, um, you know, is enabling health insurance and it's easier that way. So they'll pick that up. But what about things that the health insurance does not cover? Dental? Um, What about cosmetic work? What about orthodontist? Okay, so are you going to divide that equally? How is it going to be divided? So you can spell that all out. Number three, this is the big one. Okay, so I might have to glance down at my notes to make sure I'm not missing anything. It's the child visitation details. Okay, or the switch, whatever you want to call it in um, houses, when you're switching, how often they're at mom's, how often they're at dad's. What about summer vacations? What about holidays? What do you do on Christmas? Now with me and and my ex, we have Christmas kind of divided. 
So every other year she's with someone for Christmas Eve up into Christmas morning and at the afternoon is when we will switch. We do that so that we each have Christmas with her each year. And I think that was smart. So, and the detail, who's picking who up, when, where, what about after school when they're just switching to go to mom's house or to go to dad's house, where after school, what time, who, and then who brings her to school, you know, all of those little details. But some other things that we didn't foresee in our parenting plan was, what about fall break? What about spring break? What about those, you know, little extra holidays? What do you do for, there's a lot of holidays we have found on Mondays. Our school now has a, a random Good Friday, but they don't call it that, a spring holiday that they take off on Friday. There's Martin Luther King Day on Monday. There's Veterans Day. You know, there's these extra things. What do you do? What about their birthday? Okay, you have to think about all of that. What about your birthday? Do you care? Do you want, you know, do you want your kids, what if they're with dad on your birthday? Would you want to stipulate in there exactly, you know, if you could just have them for an hour, if it's not your day or, or whatever. What about Mother's Day? What about Father's Day? Those two things we didn't realize. And, and so we decided, okay, on Father's Day, no matter whose day it is, she's going to go to her dad's. On Mother's Day, she's going to come to, to, with me. So it's all those things. Let me see if I missed anything really quick. Oh, this one is interesting. Also, when they're going back and forth, do they share clothes? Right? So all of the clothes at dad's house and mom's house, do they get intermingled? Do we not care and just let them bring their clothes everywhere and we just provide clothes for them? Or are the clothes at dad's house stay at dad's house for the most part and the clothes at mom's house stay at mom's house? You, you would think this is a little excessive, right? But it's not. Let's say you're, the dad spends a hundred bucks on, I don't know, jeans and shoes and he always sees that they just get left at mom's all the time. See, and he wants her to have her things there. So you have to think those things through and put them right in that divorce decree, right in that, that parenting plan. Okay, so that was number three. Number four, extracurricular activities. All right, how are you gonna pay for them? Are you gonna split them? Um, who's gonna drive her there? Who's going to be at the recital? Who's gonna be at the games? You want to write all that out. Okay, number five. A lot of my clients, because they are LDS, put in religious clauses. What's a religious clause? Maybe they see that they're worried that the ex is going to go inactive or whatever. And they want their child to continue and they in the faith and they don't want to have an argument about their child going to church. Or they don't want their uh, they don't want to have an argument about whether or not they are allowed to be baptized. That's a big one too. So they put right in there that my child will go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints each Sunday. And if you're pretty set on where you're living, you can even stipulate 
the time and who picks them up. You know, if he's dropping her off at church and then you take her right back or whatever the case may be. You want to write all, all those details that my child at the age of eight, you know, up until 30 days after their birthday has the right to be baptized. Uh, we'd love for them to be baptized by the father. If he cannot, then this person will. Like, write it all out. When you have these tiny children, you don't foresee that. You don't, you're not even thinking about it, to be honest. So write it all out there. All right, so that was number five. Number six, let's think about what happens when our child turns 16. The car. The car insurance. Who's buying that car? Who's paying for the insurance, okay? So work out all those details. Hopefully you have some old beater car that you can give to your teenager to drive. <laughs> Number seven, cell phone and cell phone usage. Who's paying for that? Do you want the child to somehow pay for that? Whose plan are they on? Are there, you know, details of parental guidelines on that with how much, you know, use? With, with our daughter, we made her sign this big O <laughs> document with all of these rules about her phone and the time that she had to turn it in at night. And it's been, yeah. So we had to be all on board with that. And what age are you going to give them a cell phone? There's so many things about cell phone usage. And are you going to monitor it? You know, so that's number seven, cell phone. A big one, big one that could really alleviate a lot of argument if you put it in there now. Number eight is the right of first refusal. So in Arizona, what that means, the right of first refusal, if you somehow get called into work or you have to go rather than just getting a babysitter you the other parent has a right to an opportunity to um, care for their child at that point so you can give both of those parents the right of first refusal if it works out and it's best if you are people who have good communication um, that works the best because then you need to write down exactly how you're going to do that. So um, when you need the other parent to come pick them up or, or babysit or whatever, all right, put in the time frame. If they do not respond within 30 minutes, I then have the right to get a babysitter or call my mom or whatever. So the right of first refusal is a, a pretty big one that you'd want to have if you want to care for your child when the other can't on their time. So that was eight. Number nine, dispute resolution. Okay, you need to have a plan when you cannot agree on something. It's going to happen where the two of you aren't going to agree on something, whether it's medical or uh, faith-wise or even just what they're doing, their extracurricular, their everyday living. Sometimes you're not going to agree. So, People put in things like tiebreaker or the final say. So what that means is you do your best to decide together 
and then one parent will have the final say. One parent will be that tiebreaker. Or you can even put in there, if you have this wise mentor that's not a family member that you both look up to, maybe it's some old judge or some lawyer that is willing to do this for you, willing, that's really big, but I have seen in some cases that they explain their side and this person's like a mediator or you can hire a mediator. You could put that right in. If you can't decide on something, you can go to, like I said, that mentor for, you know, some sort of tiebreaker ability or a mediator, someone that can help you both come to a conclusion. Okay, but yes, I've heard of tiebreaker a lot and final say a lot. So that's nine. Number 10 is a fun one. College tuition. What are you going to do about that? They're over 18 usually at that point. So neither one of you really have to. What do you want to decide? Do you want them to get loans out and figure it out? Or do you want to go halfsies? Or what? Okay. So I hope that helps. I think in general, one advice I'd give you is to not rush this. A lot of people just want to be divorced already. And so they'll give in on certain things that they didn't want to give in on. Or they won't stipulate exactly how it's going to look like. And then there will be problems after that. So I hope this helped you guys. This is just some free advice. If you are in that unfortunate situation that you are getting a divorce and you just don't know quite where to start, list these things out. Bring these things out with your lawyer. And you can write them out. You can put anything in there. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Okay, make it a great day. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the podcast, please write a review, subscribe, share. And if you'd like to do some personal coaching with me, hop on over to my website, CoachEmilySanchez.com.